0: Thanks for pressing play. You're listening to the Brody Windsor Group on Real Estate, the podcast for homeowners seeking guidance and support on everything related to owning a home. This includes much more than just buying or selling. We've got you covered for everything from mortgages and financing to home maintenance tips, renovation and design advice, and of course, the latest insights and analysis on what's happening in our local communities.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the BW Group podcast. My name is Megan. I'm a real estate broker on the team. And I'm here today with my very good friend, Maitre Savannah Palladian. Hello. Savannah, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm a fifth year Quebec
0: lawyer. I also passed the Ontario Bar. Um, I mainly specialize in civil and commercial litigation. And my passion is real estate. Uh, I started my own solo practice. Over a year ago, and I was working at different litigation law firms before
1: that. Yeah, so just to kind of piggyback on that, Savannah and I met about six, seven years ago at uh, a law firm. She was fresh out of law school in her internship, and I was a paralegal at my first corporate law firm, and uh, it's just been history ever since. It's true so i brought you here today because i thought it would be great to discuss um, legal warranty when it pertains to real estate transactions um obviously as a realtor this happens more often than not with our clients and i just wanted to get a lawyer's opinion so just first off can you explain legal warranty and how it pertains to a real estate transaction purchase or sale
0: for sure. So a legal warranty is a notion that is found in our civil court of Quebec and more specifically under article 1726, mm-hmm. which provides that a seller must warrant a buyer that the property and its accessories at the time of sale are free from all latent defects, which render the property unfit for its intended use mm-hmm. or which diminish the usefulness of the property so much that the buyer would not have purchased the property in the first place yeah. or would have purchased it at a much lower price mm-hmm. had he or she known about the defect. Yeah.
1: Okay. If a buyer were to purchase a property and they discover some sort of defect, how long is the seller responsible for said defect?
0: That's a great question, but in order for me to be able to answer that, I have to give you the steps yeah. of what a buyer must do as soon as they discover the defect. Okay. So first they have to notify the seller In the form of a notice or a letter Mm -hmm. within a reasonable delay Mm -hmm. and reasonable delay
1: is a very subjective term I was just gonna say like what does that entail
0: exactly so it really depends on the severity of the defect Mm -hmm. so let's say we're facing a very serious water leakage Mm -hmm. uh, which has to be dealt with ASAP and um, I would give maybe a few days at the most for a buyer to notify the seller If, let's say, it's a defect that manifests itself in a very gradual way, Mm -hmm. such as mold, then um, case law does provide that a buyer has a few months at the most to notify the seller. Mm -hmm. Um, The purpose of this notification is essentially to give the seller the opportunity to come over and see the defect for themselves to determine whether it is a latent defect or not, and if so repair the damages Yeah, but let's say um the seller despite there being a defect decides not to fix the issue yeah. it is only then that the buyer has the right to file a lawsuit mm-hmm. in court against that seller for damages or for specific performance, depending on the situation. Yeah. And that buyer has three years from the date that the defect is discovered to file the claim with court. Now, what's kind of crazy about this situation, especially in the hidden defects world, is that in that same lawsuit that you have to file in three years, a seller can sue the previous owner yeah and then that that previous owner can sue the owner uh, before that so you can go all the way until i don't know the house was constructed in 1995 Yeah, if you can prove that the defect existed since then and
1: that the conditions of um the legal warranty have been met yeah definitely because so yeah so that's what we kind of advise our clients as well is that if as soon as you discover something don't take any steps to repair it because the seller does have to have a chance to see it himself and then sometimes get their own experts in to compare and then go from there. And usually, I mean, both parties are able to resolve it in that way. But there are those times when it does end up having to go to go higher up a so, lawyer yeah exactly. <laughs> absolutely yeah so yeah. the first step would be to send some sort of notice is it better to send a mise en demeure is it better to just send a an, an email with facts with what
0: you have the choice between a notice and a mise en demeure which mm-hmm. is a demand letter yeah but it absolutely needs to indicate um, the source of yeah. the issue which okay. is the defect mm-hmm. and you cannot skip this notice stage yeah because the courts actually do require the notice to be sent prior right and it is only then that you can sue if ever um your attempts to have this fixed are unsuccessful okay
1: in an instance where property is sold without legal warranty um are there any circumstances when a seller can still be responsible should a defect be discovered by the buyers
0: absolutely and this is something that not many people know of yeah uh, the general rule, like I said, is if a buyer signs an offer to purchase with a legal warranty option, then they could sue for hidden defects. Uh, however, if there's no legal warranty, the general rule is that you cannot sue the seller. Right. The only exception to that rule is bad faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's say there's no legal warranty, But then you can prove that the seller purposely withhold information from you. Yeah. um, And you can persuade a judge to that effect. Mm -hmm. Then you have a successful claim. Yeah. However, what people need to know is that lawyers still recommend the legal warranty option. Yeah. Because it is much harder to prove bad faith than it is not to. And bad faith is a very behavioral type of evidence mm-hmm. it is not contractual yeah. it is not documentary i've had a judge tell me once to you know just rely on my very black and white evidence on the facts on the yeah. facts rather than try to prove uh the ill will of the seller right but it does depend on the case if you have a lot of evidence that leads you towards believing that mm-hmm. a seller is in bad faith, yeah. then go ahead, but yeah. a lawyer will still strongly recommend to sign the offer with the legal warranty at the end of the day,
1: yeah, definitely. We actually also <clears throat> we recommend to all of our clients to sell with legal warranty um the only instances where we would kind of work with a seller not selling with without and selling without legal warranty. Is in the case of a succession where the now, let's say, the elderly parents have passed away, the kids or the liquidator are in charge of selling the house as part of the estate. They've never lived in the house, they don't have any knowledge of the house, such as a seller would who actually lived there, so then it's sold without legal warranty. And then also in the cases of a very elderly seller, a 95 year old woman who's by herself, who her husband passed away years ago, he would take care of the house. Now she's selling. That is another instance where we sell without legal warranty because, you know, this elderly woman for sure shouldn't technically be responsible for that down the road if, I don't know, if, if something were to be discovered. And generally the public is fairly aware of that and, and they that is a bit more comfortable for buyers to kind of accept a property without legal warranty. But I know through COVID, when the market was just, you know, blowing up, many, many, many people were selling without legal warranty just because they could and the house would still sell. Have you I was going to add to that, that because yeah.
0: um, from a legal standpoint, like I said, we do strongly recommend the legal warranty option. Mm-hmm. But from a financial standpoint, and yeah. I don't want to get into this because I'm only explaining the legalities yes, of things. Yeah. And you as a real estate agent know best. Yeah. But uh, yes, it is true that, A lot of people during COVID time and even after started selling their properties for much less, but without the legal warranty option. So I guess you have to see, according to your circumstances, what's more preferential for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, much less. But at the same time, we just saw through the crazy COVID market houses were selling you know 50 100k over asking no legal warranty people weren't doing inspections
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i don't i personally haven't encountered that with any of my clients but i'm sure that some buyers out there must have gotten burned by that you know certainly. they have for yeah. sure so yeah. yeah that was that was pretty insane these mm-hmm. days um, now that the market is quite a bit slower houses aren't selling in multiple offers like they used to, unless they're very well priced and unless it's something that, you know, is very desirable. Um, they are being sold with legal warranty again. And so what are the differences between hidden and latent DS?
0: So those two words in Quebec are often used interchangeably, especially within the legal realm. Um, which people don't know. People don't really know about yeah. that, no. But let's say lawyers and judges really use those two words interchangeably okay. when they're dealing with a real estate dispute.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, however, what the courts do care about the most is whether you have met the five criteria in order to give rise to um, a legal warranty claim. Okay. So, what are the five criteria? So, the five criteria are that the defect has to be serious. So, for example. Uh, if post-sale uh, a buyer just happens to see a crack yeah. on a fireplace ceramic, yeah. they can't sue the seller for that because it's not serious
1: yeah. enough. Or if the toilet's leaking or
0: whatever.
1: Yeah, it just needs caulking mean, around the bowl. Like exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, the leakage has to be pretty, se- yeah, pretty exactly. serious. Yeah. Then uh, the second condition is that the defect has to be hidden. Mm-hmm. So you cannot see it in plain sight and the um,
1: expert who did the inspection cannot see it either. Right. So that's the thing is like all the inspections are just a visual inspection. They're not invasive. So it has to be something exactly that was behind a wall. Or-
0: and it is described as such in the expert report when you actually do yeah. read it. Mm-hmm. It says it's a superficial type yep. of inspection. The third condition is that the defect is unknown to the buyer, which means that the seller did not bring it to the attention of the buyer. And it's not just a verbal type of att- attention. It's also, you know, every real estate document pertaining to the sale, yeah. including the seller's declaration. Okay. Uh, it is also the inspection report pre-sale mm-hmm. that was conducted by an engineer or an expert. Uh, You know, most people, I don't know if you've noticed this, just fail to read the inspection report altogether, which leads to a lot of litigation in my experience. And I really strongly suggest for people to read the inspection report to see if um, a, a, a defect or some sort of manifestation of a defect is revealed in there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Then
0: the fourth condition is that the defect has to exist prior to the sale. Okay. It cannot come up after. Right. And this type of coming up is really not the defect fully in itself, like not the end result of the defect, but the sprouting of the defect. Yeah. And the fifth condition in order to give rise to a legal warranty claim is the notice that I spoke to you about before. So there has to be... A legal notice that is sent to the sent seller. Sent to the seller. Yeah. So once all those conditions are met, then you, have you can claim.
1: have a claim uh, with court. So now, which court should you go to when you are going to file a claim for a hidden defect against a seller or a defect?
0: There are different levels of court in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So depending on the amount you're claiming, um, you file your claim accordingly. Okay. So um, if you're claiming... and less, you have to file your claim with the Small Claims Court of Quebec. You have to? Yes. Okay. Uh, Then if your claim is over $15,000 and below $75,000, you have to file your claim with the Civil Division of the Court of Quebec. Okay. If your claim is between $75,000 and below $100,000, you have the option to file with the superior court or the court of quebec civil division and finally if your claim is over a hundred thousand dollars sorry and finally if your claim is over a hundred thousand dollars uh you have to file with the superior court of quebec
1: okay got it and i know for small claims lawyers are not allowed
0: no a lawyer might help you give legal advice prior to trial yeah But you have to self-represent at trial.
1: Okay, and then anything above small claims court. So above $15,000, you have the right to hire a lawyer and they can represent you and they can be there with you every step of the way. Okay, got it. Thank you. No problem. Now, finally, just what I wanted to discuss is the due diligence and just what is due diligence when it comes to legal warranties and defects in Quebec.
0: Yes, so due diligence is a notion that is not found in our code per se, but it is widely recognized by courts in case law. Case law is a law that is created by judges at trial. And um what due diligence does is that it gives homework to the buyer to do between the time when the offer was accepted and the closing date of the sale. Mm-hmm. And this homework basically implies that the buyer has to first, you know, obtain financing, review documents, make sure there's no zoning laws or title issues or encumbrances affecting the property. Uh, and most importantly, what we're here for today is to have the property inspected for defects. Yeah.
1: So what about due diligence makes it such an essential part of a real estate transaction? And is there something that You know set this in motion in in law
0: yes there's a lot of case law pertaining to due diligence of a buyer within a a real estate transaction but most importantly there was a case where uh, the court of appeal uh, in 1989 overturned a lower court decision and what that case is about is that it pertains to a 100 year old home in which there was a serious water infiltration damage. Mm -hmm. Um, The buyers sued the seller for a reduction in price. After sale. After sale. uh, The lower court decided that the seller was fully responsible Mm -hmm. and granted the buyer what they were asking for. Right. However, the reasoning behind this was that the judge said that the seller had the obligation to divulge any and all elements that can even potentially manifest into a defect.
1: That's what the lower co- That's court That's what the said. lower
0: courts decided. And then when the seller appealed the decision mm-hmm. to the court of appeal, they found that the reasoning of this lower court was very extreme yeah. on the seller. So... A whole new notion was created by a judge in 1989, essentially imposing the obligation on a buyer to do their due diligence and to have a property inspected, especially due to the old age of the property.
1: Yeah, that makes sense because, I mean, Montreal is full of old homes, um, especially here in the West Island. You know, you have... All the municipalities, Point Claire has very old homes, Beaconsfield, all of that. And we always advise our buyers that they should be doing inspections. And then further to that, once the inspection is done, we obviously go through the report with them page by page and outline anything that could be of concern. And then we actually always recommend them to do further testing to ensure that they are fully aware of the situation, the severity, they get quotes to repair it should that be necessary. And so that also is, there's the inspection part, but then you also have just further homework, like you said, to really have buyers be aware of what they're getting into. At the end of the day, real estate is your biggest investment and it's the most expensive purchase you'll ever make in your life. So it's just so important for buyers to go over and above not just the inspection, but really kind of getting all of your information and just being made aware. So I guess that is is what happened. Absolutely. And
0: what's also interesting is the fact that I saw that there was a judgment rendered in July of 2023 of this year, year. in which a judge decided that even a 30 year old home was considered old. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, a centennial home. It could be 30 years old, It could be 40 years old.
1: Yeah. I think at the end of the day, regardless of the age, you have to do your due diligence and 100%. you have to just make sure that you know what you're buying into and you have to make sure that you're aware of any potential issues that could arise and then make your decision from there if you're still going to purchase the home or if you're not. And that's just the most important part because Absolutely. no one wants to have to go through, you know, going to court, suing the the seller, the previous, previous, previous owner. Yes. So because I know that these things can, they can go for a very long time, right? They do. And if imagine you're suing the seller, but then they're suing their seller and they're suing their seller because if you aren't aware as a seller of something that someone is now suing you for, you could go to the previous owner, right? Exactly.
0: And that's a very interesting point uh, that raises uh, another uh, case law evolution, I would say. Uh, Recently, over the past few years, judges decided to dismiss claims on a preliminary basis on the grounds that the defects were already revealed in inspection reports mm-hmm. so that they can prevent buyers from, you know, from multiplying from proceedings going, yeah. or for filing claims that, you know, they don't really have to because the answer is right in front of you in the inspection right. report.
1: Have you dealt with a hidden defect claim and how did that go?
0: I've dealt with many hidden defect claims. Uh, I can't really divulge the facts because they're confidential and most of them were settled before trial. Okay, As most litigation files, they say 95% of the time are settled before trial. Trial is very lengthy, pricey, and sometimes it just does not help both parties reach a settlement. So um, a lot of the examples I gave you in this podcast Mm -hmm. deal with my own personal file.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So... If someone does discover a defect after they've purchased, they want to go after the seller, is it only for a price reduction? Can they say, I don't want the house anymore, you have to buy it back? Does it depend? Obviously it does. But what what are the options if you do, to, like, what are you trying to get out of it as a buyer?
0: So there are different remedies to um, the latent defect issue. And uh, one of them is specific performance, which is basically um, the seller actually has to perform their obligation to okay. repair the defect. Okay. Otherwise, um, you can claim damages, mm-hmm. uh, price reduction, depending on the case. And you can also resiliate uh, your contract in more extreme cases. Right.
1: Well, Savannah, thank you so much for coming in. It was great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you should they have any legal questions related to real estate?
0: So people can reach me mainly at my email, which is
1: info Savannah's email will also be in the description below. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you ever have any questions related to real estate, you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram, Brody Windsor Group.